0: Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at 5starchemicals.com. Doctor, look! Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew.
1: Welcome everybody, this is Dr. Homebrew, and you're at the podcast that will tell you how to make better beer, because, uh, you know, nobody else will.
2: Everybody wants to know how to make better beer.
1: Nobody else is going to give you that kind of advice.
2: Absolutely nobody. Not your friends, not your dog. No. Doctor, forget
1: it. Well, definitely not your dog. I mean, your dog is an idiot. Your dog (laughs) hates you, and, you know, is plotting your death, which is pretty much what dogs do.
2: Is that what your dog does?
1: Uh, well, no, see, I see, I had a dog and I got to it first, so, <laughs> Ouch. yeah, there's that, man, I'm having a hell of a time with my my levels, look at this, look at, look at my red, yeah. I'm redlining, and I'm, what the wow. hell's going on, dude? Like
2: a Cylon over there.
1: Dude, it's so weird. All right, there we go, I think we're fine, <laughs> maybe we'll uh, fix that in post, maybe not, maybe we'll just blow everyone's mm-hmm. minds, who can tell? Wow. Uh, but we have a good show for you guys today. Of course, we have uh, what do we have a ginger hibiscus saison. I think is what we have. It's a,
3: yeah, it's a blonde farmhouse ale of some sort.
1: All um, right, and then we have a bourbon maple <laughs> porter. Yes, yes, indeed. All right. Of course, we have Brian and Brian. You guys can figure out which one I'm addressing first. I'm Brian. I'm Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Together, we're Brian and Brian.
2: That should be a law firm right there. I'm sure it is. You want to go <laughs> into practice, here. Brian. How do, you, how do you feel about the practice of law?
3: I, I'm a I'd be a quack, but I'm a I'm a I like to be kind of a renaissance uh, individual, and um, you know, just a um, learning an introduction of many things in college. And I was a master of none, so I just decided to major in German just so I could travel. You
2: know, ooh, nice. Mm. So we're gonna I'm gonna get order the be- the bus bench uh, bus stop bench ads like yeah. for next week. It's gonna be great. Better called, called Brian Spurn. and
1: Brian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Mr. Char, uh, can I'd like to speak with your uh, your partner. Oh, well, he actually doesn't. He just speaks mm. German to mm. people. Like, he yeah. doesn't do anything.
2: Ich spreche nicht
1: la. Yeah. See? There you go. Yeah. Uh, before we get to that, though, all that fun stuff, we have to thank our sponsor, Five Star. You can go to FiveStarChemicals.com and learn about all of the different ways that they have to make you brew better beer. That's just it. This is, there's, there's no, it's not helping you. It's, it's forcing you We're they, they are doing you a favor and they are forcing you to clean your stuff so you can make better beer. And that's, that's all. Brian, you were saying at CBC that you ran into the five-star people.
2: Yeah. I was at craft brewers conference in Denver last week. Great conference. Nice. if You're in the industry. Uh, and we had a great time. And yeah, the Five Star had a great booth there, and they literally sat on my head and made me sanitize and clean properly, uh, <laughs> over which was great. And uh, over, and over, and, over until I could do it right. No, they were, they were so nice, and I made sure that I you know, thanked them for sponsoring the show. And you know, they had all manner of little tchotchkes and samples and stuff. So if you're ever at Homebrew Con or CBC, uh, stop by the Five Star people and say hi. They're really nice, they might even give you something. Oh, well, I like free stuff, dude. Free stuff is good stuff.
1: I got to tell you. I like stuff in general, man. I, mm. uh, I was disappointed. I ordered a new laptop. Like it's a refurbished MacBook. And it was supposed to be delivered today. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. I'm like pacing. I'm feeding the kid. I'm peeking out the window. I'm like, when is this going to happen? I'm really excited. I'm pumped.
2: It's like Christmas. You're waiting for Santa to come.
1: Right, exactly. And it didn't come. I left my house by like oh. 6.11 or whatever. I was running a late... And I got an alert on my phone that two minutes after I left, it showed up. (laughs) And I was like, okay, I mean, worst case Ontario, I would just like do all my prep work with a computer here and then be totally distracted the whole show. Mm -hmm. But uh, that didn't work either. So now I have to go home and do it and stay up real late.
2: You got to pay attention to us instead. I know. Damn it. I wish you guys were computers. (laughs) Well,
1: we'll try. Is that weird? Is that weird to say? Can I just say that?
2: It's a little weird.
1: Let's get uh, Ron on the line here. Which one was Ron with the uh the, the hibiscus? He's
3: all experimental with the bourbon maple. Oh,
1: bourbon maple, that's right. That's right. That's right. I'm looking forward to this. I really do like bourbon beers, uh as much as you would think I I wouldn't because they're kind of like overpowering sometimes. I I really enjoy them. I look forward to to seeing what the home brewers uh what the home brewers do here. We're ringing Ron and Ron is not answering.
2: You're kind of a spirits guy.
1: Yeah, sure, man. I like spirits. I've heard you might do a a
2: podcast involving spirits.
1: Ron, are you there? Yes, sir. Hey, how's it going, man? Very good. Perfect. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. All right. Uh, While we pour your beer here, do do we need another bottle, guys? Uh, we can what do you think? This one.
2: Right. I, I've got a bunch already.
3: Oh, okay. Pass cool. me one of those plastic cups for you, JP. Really?
1: I get a plastic cup? Ron, yeah. these guys are giving me plastic cups, dude. We drink out of glass. We give JP the plastic. What's going on with that?
3: And They've been sitting around neutral. for a
2: while, so they've, they've aired out or gotten dusty. I don't know. Take your pick. That's true. Could be both.
1: Uh, Ron, while I'm getting handed your delicious beer here, uh, let me know, how long have you been a home brewer? Uh, 2006. Oh, jeez. Oh, you're going to make me do math, first of all. Second of all, that's a long time, dude.
4: Yeah, we... we uh, I was all set to go to go start brewing uh, commercially, but uh, you know it was a choice of whether uh, stay with my job or take the plunge, and I didn't. I wish I did. But um, oh, really? yeah, I've been brewing since 2006.
1: Okay, when were you uh, thinking about about uh, quitting and opening a brewery?
4: Just about 2010, about okay. four years after that's that.
1: About, that's about when it happens, man, for home brewers, yeah. right? It's about that four-year mark when you suddenly you get a pace and you're, you're starting to, to, to make consistent beer, and Pete, your friend's like, bro, you got to brew me this thing for my uncle's wedding.
4: Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. I, I, the, uh, we went from four breweries. Now we have like 20. I have 20 breweries within like 10 minutes of me. <laughs> it's, wow. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Where, where do you live? Syracuse New York okay. nice.
2: wow,
1: yeah, and so you 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 wish you you would have huh
4: i, I think so oh, I, man. we miss we missed the boat, i mean there's i I hit all the breweries, and i I'm thinking, you know my beer's comparable, and but who knows though, you know we
1: yeah it's you know, tough. We, yeah, it is. It's tough out there. I mean, uh, you know, yep. th- th- I think there was a point where, yeah, uh, if you come in after, it's even harder. So, you know, uh, yeah, wh- well, who can say, man? But you know what? Yep. If, you, if you had gone commercial, you wouldn't be here with us right now. So <laughs> I would have been on the session. <laughs> that's right. Re- mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. God That'd damn. That's right. Different conversation
2: with like the real broadcasters. How did yeah. I say that out loud? Yeah.
1: Well, not with that attitude, Ron. How about that? <laughs> yeah. All
2: right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: now, let's get into your beer here. Uh, Brian Shaw. why don't you start us up?
2: All right. So, Ron, just to start, like I always like to ask, are you in a homebrew club? I am not. Okay. So you're a, you're a lone wolf. All yes, right. I am. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so uh, thanks for the beer. Uh, we judged it as a 34C specialty. Uh, we had thought about uh, what was that category. I think that you had suggested that we do it as a, essentially a winter seasonal. And we consider that. We kind of went through a number of the different possibilities. And uh, the problem with the... Um, and I'm kind of looking at the guidelines as I go through here, the winter seasonal 30C really requires spice. So we're thinking, you know, this is a maple and bourbon, probably not going to be a lot of spice in here. It won't be fair to you to do it as a, a, a 30C. So we did it as a 34C specialty. So uh, that's kind of the, the basis of our, our judging here. So aroma, the aroma to me was dominated by uh, bourbon. There's a hint of vanilla. Uh, Definitely some ethanol, no wood. Uh, Got some plum and raisin esters, more raisin than than plum. Uh, No hops, low level of dark malt. Uh, As I understand, the base beer is a porter. Uh, No diacetyl or off aromas. Uh, Not much porter character in the aroma, so gave it a 7 of 12 for aroma. Uh, Appearance, uh, colors dark brown, definitely porter-like. Uh, clear as far as you can tell in a beer that's that's this dark. Uh, head is low but persistent, and that's you know quite an achievement for a, a beer that is uh, got a lot of of higher alcohols uh, like a, like a bourbon beer in there. So that was a three out of three. Uh, flavor initially the flavor is bourbon dominated. Low malt, low dark malt, low maple flavor follow. I think maple is really tricky because maple tends to ferment all the way out, and you've got to use a lot of it to get that maple character in. And there is some, you know, in in fairness, there is some low maple character in this beer. Uh, And later on when we're all done judging, I'm curious about your process and how how much maple syrup you added and how you got that in there. Uh, Low level of bitterness, uh, no hop aroma, finish is short and malty. Uh, There is definitely some ethanol sweetness, and I had a hard time kind of deciding. I went back and forth in my head a lot about how much of what I considered the maple character was actually sort of the sweet ethanol uh, character instead. But I think there was definitely some maple as well as just ethanol sweetness. Um, Definitely well attenuated, which I appreciate uh, I think the maple uh, maple tends to ferment out real dry. So this came out, you know, very, very nicely attenuated beer. So gave this a 10 out of 20 for flavor. Uh, mouthfeel, body's medium, low carbonation, uh, very high warming to me. Uh, more creamy than astringent. So it's five out of five for mouthfeel. Um, An overall impression, um, you know, it's always kind of difficult with specialty-slash-experimental, uh, beer but you know to me it's a little odd to have a bourbon beer that doesn't have the vanilla slash wood character that most bourbon uh uh, bourbon declared beers have needs a little more oak well i don't know that it needs it i mean it's it's not declared as a wood beer i mean the fact that it's something i'm used to doesn't mean that this beer has to have it sure Uh, it's just something that i'm so I I tried hard to not judge it like oh it's got a thing It doesn't have a thing in it that I think should be there that's not fair to the the, the beer okay um, but it is it's, it, my point is a little bit little bit different uh, to me the porter kind of gets lost behind the bourbon uh, you know porter typically has a lot of flavor a lot of character to it and <laughs> it, to my palate the bourbon kind of overwhelmed the the porter in this. Uh, The maple fermented out and didn't leave a lot of trace, but it did dry it out, which is nice. Um, I think next time I might try a couple of things. I might back off a little bit on the bourbon, and then I might try a trick for the maple, uh, which is something that I learned a long time ago when uh, uh, my ex-wife had just given birth. turns out that fenugreek is a spice that smells and tastes a lot like maple syrup, Mm-hmm. And in a lot of the artificial maple syrups, they use fenugreek, and it turns out it also induces lactation. Apparently, uh, in certain very high concentrations. So, if you ever have a baby and your uh, wife's or partner's uh, doctor says, "Hey, uh, have some a lot of fenugreek," they will begin to smell like maple syrup, <laughs> which is kind of kind of funky, <laughs> uh, and it's just kind of kind of interesting. But it is kind of a trick to give you some maple character something that's not going to ferment out. Hmm. Uh, but overall, I mean, I thought it was, there were n- not really any flaws. Uh, I didn't taste anything bad in this beer. Um, I ended up giving it a 30 uh, out of 50, so that's a, a very good score. So so well done, and I, I applaud you trying something uh, different and unusual.
1: Excellent. <clears throat> All right. Mr. Cooper.
3: <clears throat> right on. Yeah, I agree, I agree with well, a lot of what uh, Brian Esquire had to say. Um it's, it, it, uh, yeah, again, just experimental beer seemed like the best place to maybe put this. We did discuss that a lot, but, uh, and I, I, I tried discussing it with Ron a little bit too, and I, I might have, I was like, well, it's got that sugar in there, but unless it's like a really primary aspect of it, or you're trying to make a, you know, a special gluten free beer or something uh, that really, you know, a s uh, alternative fermentable or alternative sugar in there, you know, that's really prominent, it's, uh, might be hard to judge it there, so. Yeah, and I agree, like overall it's kinda of hard judging a, a bourbon beer without like having like you kinda of, oh well it should have wood too. Or like you know, they have the, the whole you know, wood age specialty kind of style declared around that. So it's interesting to get one without that too. So uh yeah, and the nose I got a nice uh pleasant but, but slightly sharp uh bourbony uh booziness up front. Um, again, I agree. No obvious woodiness, um, and the maple is low, uh, but it's in there. Um, moderate smooth coffee and chocolate porter-like aromas in there uh, behind everything else. Uh, seems like a cleanly brewed ale, uh, not burnt, um, and um, no no DMS or diastole. So yeah, we were kind of hunting for that wood to see if we could judge it as a wood aged beer, but it was kind of it was not really there. Uh, it does have low vanilla and uh, low or maybe obscured kind of fruity esters uh, covered up by that booziness there. But uh, you know, the aroma is pretty nice. I gave it a, a, a 9 out of, out of 12 for the aroma because it, it seemed inviting and I, I wanted to take a sip. So appearance-wise, it's a nice pretty ruby, uh, medium dark brown color. Uh, seems clear with reddish highlights. Um, a low light tan head persists for a good, good while and mostly finer bubbles. So yeah, I gave it full, full points for, for appearance score as well. Um, flavor wise, it's pleasantly malty, warm cocoa, like notes, uh, slight alcohol. Uh, again, the bourbon is a bit sharp, uh, while the maple adds a low sweetness in the flavor and, um, I didn't really attribute that to the alcohol. I just felt like a you know maple makes you think of something sweet, and there's a little sweetness left in the in the beer. It's not completely dry, um, so that maple with the, the light impression of sweetness was kind of a nice uh, twist there. Um, the bitterness is low and out of the way. Uh, a faint little earthy hop, if just really low. Um, but yeah, the maple and as uh, you know comes out low, but the bourbon over that and chocolateness kind of together in the aftertaste. Uh, I thought it was pretty enjoyable in the flavor. I went 13 out of 20 there. Um, Mouthfeel-wise, it uh, had medium carbonation, no obvious astringency, pretty smooth base. Um, However, it it does have that persistent back-of-throat boozy warmth that kind of pervades the finish. Um, Still, it's slightly creamy nonetheless. It's, it's It's like a smooth beer with a little... (laughs) <laughs> Boost problem you know uh <clears throat> overall i said yeah very pleasant drinking beer with all the declared elements um you know with the, the maple being a bit light but everything's coming through the base style is coming out pretty nicely um just declared as kind of a generic porter and that's fine um you don't have to say american porter and these kind of beers you can just say it's a stout or it's a porter and that's fine if you if you if you did have more american porter like tendencies or english porter you could declare that specifically but you don't have to um yeah just the, that boozy bites kind of the distracting thing here um you could perhaps try different um bourbons uh maybe bring up the maple a touch i don't know i mean i would imagine you probably used a quality bourbon in there and uh it could just be the amount or um you know but you could also play with like like brian said um adding some some wood in there to get more of the vanillins and some of the other elements that might help balance this beer just a little better. Um I gave it a thirty five. I thought still thought it was a very good beer and uh generally within what you declared it to be. Uh no big flaws at all. So just kind of a balancing issue. And um I thought it was a pleasant beer. So I'm a little higher than Brian, but I'm feeling generous today. So well,
1: you're taller, so I guess that fits. Mm. <clears throat>
4: Ron, do you have any questions do uh, you any feedback you want to yell at yeah, everybody? Yeah, I, was, I was just gonna say I think you guys were being generous this <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe the uh this this beers i been real I brewed this January of 2018 um oh, and wow. I'm looking at my notes my notes says that the maple was good and the bourbon was strong so could, probably over the a year and I probably lost a lot of the maple flavoring is that from just aging I
3: would imagine so yeah it's a it's kind of uh, you know what yeast is still there is going to work on that stuff, but it's nice you didn't yeah. have a big oxidation pop up or anything. It seems like you must have kegged it pretty
4: cleanly, or bottled yep. it pretty cleanly. So, it, yeah. and you know, if, and it, this is probably I've, this is probably my seventh time I brewed this, and, and like JP, you say, yep. I've got a binder full of recipes, and I can't do the same recipe twice. <laughs> you can't mm-hmm. do it; it's impossible. I, I, yeah and i so i this is one reason why I sent this in. this is what this is not one of my best beers, but i just I really wanted to get you guys feedback on this because um it took me like what I did on this recipe is I soaked the oak chips for no longer than three hours, but then when I kegged it i I took oak staves and I soaked them again and mm-hmm. woodford brothers whiskey there you go and i it, and I put those in it, so they sat in the keg for the year and so many months, so I'm thinking maybe. I probably shouldn't have done that because that's where a lot of that, too much, too much of the alcohol. Yeah.
2: Um, well, that's, uh, that's really interesting. And I, I want to go back to your recipe and so forth. But so you, you're, you're saying you soaked some staves in Woodford and put them in the keg for a year.
4: I, no, actually, I soaked uh, three cups of French oak chips um, for six hours. And that went into the secondary. And then when I racked it into the keg, then I put the staves into the keg.
2: How long were they in your secondary? Uh, one week. That wasn't enough to give you the oak flavor that you might have wanted.
1: Well, right, and there's a couple of things there. One, six hours isn't going to do anything. Uh, number two, the oak flavor that you do have with chips will always be very one-dimensional because they're very thin, right? Right. Uh, yep. and you just, you have that, that one layer, but if you get a, if you cut an oak stave or maybe even the spirals, if they were toasted, you could see, or, or oak, uh, cubes. cubes, you can see the, the stratification of, of how deep that heat penetrates and what it does to the color. And each one of those lines is a different realm of flavor. So you're going to get a more rounder flavor using those oak cubes. I, I just throw the chips away. They're they're good for smoke and meat. That's about it. Oh. Yeah, that's okay. about it. And yep. then, and you want to, you want to, if you want to soak those in, in any sort of liquor, I think you got to do it for a week at least. Okay. Yeah, because otherwise, okay. it's not gonna, it's not really gonna absorb anything. Uh, yeah.
4: Yeah. So, so where do you, where do you think the boo, the the high boozy flavor came from? Is it I don't too know. much? It,
1: it, 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 it. Did you add any bourbon to the actual no. finished product? No. Okay. It's just so, from wow, at least whatever okay. is residual from the. Mm. Yep. Hmm. What, what, yep. what, what, well, actually. well, let's tell, tell us
2: about your recipe you and your go. process. Let's back up to the beginning, and could you tell us what your recipe was and how you went about making this beer? There
4: you go. Okay, yeah, it's okay. It's eighteen pounds of two row, two pounds of Munich, uh, one pound of black Patton, one pound of crystal sixty, one pound of carapils, one pound of chocolate malt, and one pound of roasted barley for a eleven gallon batch.
2: Okay, that's a great porter recipe. I love the chocolate. I, I always dial chocolate malt up pretty high in my porter and stout just because I like it. Where did mm-hmm. the, uh, the maple come in?
4: Uh, 15 minutes, 10 minutes at the end of the boil, I did uh, a half a gallon, 64 ounces of uh, maple syrup. That's a okay, lot of syrup. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if you want to have, the, have, have flavor come I out really of it, don't... you
2: had to put a lot in.
4: Yeah. You think that's not enough?
2: No, 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 no. I think that you've you got a great maple flavor. Uh, yeah, I
1: was just laughing because that's a ton of syrup. <laughs> I mean—
4: well, I, 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 I got a friend of mine who owns a, a, a maple syrup, and I, I get it really cheap, so— mm.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, being so. in Syracuse, I kind of—we're Californians, so I kind of have this romantic vision of you going off in the woods and, like,
1: tapping, tapping a tree yeah, and dude. stuff,
4: yeah. <laughs> you know, I so wonder— I I, I, get like, I get, like, a gallon of maple syrup for, like, 40 bucks. Damn, wow. Dude.
1: Going going to business for yourself. Uh, I wonder if if some of that boozy character is just the fermented maple syrup, give it lending a mm. contribution. It's not really booze because it doesn't, it doesn't taste hot.
3: The dark sugars. Yeah, thing. but yeah. it's it's
1: it's something that is, it, you know what I mean. I wonder if it's that combination. I don't know. Plus the the tannins from the 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 wood. How how long were the were the chips in there for? Sorry, Ron. I think you already said, oh, but I forgot. chips
4: were in for one week, and yeah. then the oak staves were in. Uh, that's a really good point JP. I'm wondering if if that is that is the maple syrup, uh the fermentation of the maple syrup. Yeah, how, how long were the staves in? Uh the whole uh ever since I kegged it, so 13 months, 14 months. Yeah, I think
1: that's too long and I I well, I think it's I think there's I think you're getting maybe undesirable wood characteristics and it's kind of it's okay. kind of matching with the fermented maple syrup to kind of sure. l- lighten the it, it dries it out, so it has the effect of lightening the porter because it does taste kind of not watery in the sense that it's watered down, but you know it's funny you it's say it totally because there.
4: out of all my batches, this is my the mouthfeel is the lightest. It's almost yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so this, this is if, the
2: power yeah. of perception, right? And this is the power of what you call your beer because I sat down to drink this, and it was not. There's no indication. There's wood and there's maple and bourbon. So mm-hmm. I got bourbon because I was expecting bourbon. And what I was thinking in the back of my head is, oh, you added, you poured a certain amount of bourbon into a keg along with the beer, right? So mm-hmm. that's kind of, so I was expecting that. And then you mentioned there's wood, and it also helps this has warmed up quite a bit since we, we judged this. And I went back and had a sip, and all of a sudden, now I'm getting a lot of wood.
1: No, yeah, you now. Are.
2: Now I'm. Well, yeah, that's, well, that's welcome to mm. welcome to uh, Wednesday what's, night, right? That's what's, just uh, what's his name? Yeah, <laughs> uh, Vincent. But uh, <laughs> nice. you know, uh, uh, al- 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 uh, No, but I'm definitely getting a lot of a uh, lot of wood. Uh, once again, um, now that this is warmed up. That I because now that you've mentioned it again, this is the power of you. You, you kind of. Even if you've got an experienced yeah. palate, you start to taste what you expect to
3: taste, right? What do you think, Brian? I think that um, booze in general does have a lot of uh, flavors in it that are reminiscent of wood as well. You get vanillins. Especially bourbon. and Yeah, bourbon is, yep. you know, um, a little warmth, a little roundness, and a, a little sharpness. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. But it does taste like bourbon to me, too, it, It's it's and it's a sharp kind of hot mm-hmm. bourbon but it's not you
4: know I used uh Woodford brothers uh, yeah. that's a you know I don't know if that's a pretty good brand I think yeah, I don't yeah. Know. no it's the it is
1: it's the bourbon of the Kentucky Derby I love Woodford Woodford was my first kind of middle shelf bourbon mm. where I was like oh I see I get it now because it is super smooth but it does have um I mean it, it it's kind of low on the intensity list I think maybe like low mid but um yeah, I I think that you're suffering from from too much wood. That's okay. what I think you're suffering from Ron. Um
2: if you, you know, su- if maybe you have, a month uh, or
1: two on the staves would have been would have been enough, but if you have exposure
2: come. of more than 12 months, please, <laughs> please see yeah. your doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Homebrews, for to be sure, but still
1: stavitism. If you have stavitism.
4: I think you guys I think next time when I keg it I'm not going to uh, put the staves in the keg. I think I'm going to do it maybe do a little longer secondary
1: well, I mean, you can do it, it's, it i don 't think you're hurting anything i've never used the staves i've always done the uh, the cubes and you know a month to four months maybe on cubes, so I, wow. I, you know and yeah. I think staves have a, a, a larger surface surface area so you're getting more contact so I mean I would taste it after two months and see where you're yep. at and then wait another two weeks to see if it 's changing for the better for the worse, and then right. just yank them out of there yep.
2: And then, okay. Ron, here's for, – for actual competition and definitely do – you, do you enter competitions
4: with your beer? I have a couple. That many, no.
2: You know, I, I'd recommend doing it. It's fun. And especially if you're an experienced brewer, you've been doing this for 13 years. I'd yeah. Go it's for not it. Fun. It's fun. It's,
1: it's miserable.
2: You get, to, you get to pay money to have strangers <laughs> Tell to you your I beer. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, I'd recommend trying it. But here, here's the thing. It's – you're talking about what you say your beer is affects your perception of what you're smelling and tasting. And mm-hmm. I definitely look at the style guidelines. Uh, I would enter this as a wood-aged beer. It would definitely have picked mm-hmm. up, you know, four or five points as a wood-aged uh, than not, because I, w- I would immediately have gotten, I'd be focused on looking for that wood, you know, not like i a- I focused on looking for wood no I just Brian's can't distracted i have distracted myself with the talk of wood uh, but I would be looking for that and would have immediately found yeah there's some there's some oak in this yeah uh and I, I think you didn't do yourself any favors by not telling us this was there was this was a wood aged beer mm. okay. uh, and that's just yep. for all listeners in general just you, know, you spend a lot of time making beer right you come up with these recipes. You spend a lot of money. I mean, forty dollars a gallon for maple syrup isn't cheap, right? You spend a lot of time brewing and making something you're proud of. Spend a little time with the style guidelines, making sure you've properly characterized your beer. To be fair, to be fair to yourself, uh, so that when you enter, you're not just you know tossing out. Oh, I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it a number. You know, give it some thought and be fair to yourself, and give yourself a chance when it comes time to competition. This is, Ron, I'm not trying to criticize you. It's more just a statement for everyone listening. Yeah, Ron. Just give yep. that some some thought. Yeah. So does, does that make sense?
4: Oh, it makes great advice, because I, uh, 13 years, I've never, like, all these recipes are on um, the wing and a prayer. I just pretty much, mm. okay, we're going to do this and that. <laughs> I've never sat down and actually looked at the style guidelines. So I, I really <laughs> need to do that. It's really good advice. Here, here's a pro tip. That's the
2: hard part, man. This is good. It's good toilet reading. <laughs> just keep keep it keep them in the bathroom, and it's always oh I'm here for a few minutes. <laughs> just just pop that out and just yeah. read those style guidelines. Yeah. I'm not kidding. That's good, and you can yeah. get it on your phone. There's an app. There's multiple apps on your phone. You can just yep. pull that out and do a little reading while you're you know enjoying yourself on the throne. <laughs>
1: there you pull go. Yeah. I
4: I need to do that.
1: Do you have any other questions for the guys, or is that about it?
4: Um, uh, no. I, I, okay. With you guys, just basically, so you're the wood, the wood, then the oak chips and stuff would we'll change it up then. That, so you, you, you for like the
1: recipe, yeah, I think your recipe's fine for well, I don't well, I don't know, the I mean body's we don't a have a whole light, lot of time, so, yeah. yeah, I think the body's a little light for what you're adding into it, I think as a porter, yeah. it would be totally fine, maybe yeah. maybe kind of ride the line almost pushing up against a robust porter mm. to then yep. carry some of that bourbon
2: and that wood yeah you what what temperature did you mash at one fifty two you might mash a little higher, uh, just two hundred. Mash at two hundred, two twelve. You yeah. might, if you mash a little higher. I mean, I like your your malt bill and putting in what a half a gallon of maple syrup isn't going to dry it out so much to make it thin. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think a little more body would be a good idea. So I might drive that up more to one fifty five. And you you okay. had what a pound of carapils? Yes. You might you might try a little more uh, you might try a little more carapils or some some uh, something that's going to not ferment out as much and give you a little more mouth feel and body. Uh, I, but I overall,
4: use, I like your recipe. I did use uh, I, uh, four packs of O five. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. Yeah, <clears throat> you can also try that fenugreek trick too. I mean, have you, <laughs> having all that natural maple syrup available to you, I don't know why you would, but yeah. uh, it, it is a, a tricky way to leave. Leave the, a little of the sweetness in there and, yeah. and get, tricky Brian. On.
2: But to me, I mean, a half gallon of adjunct uh, fermentable like that in an a, a eleven gallon batch is not going to dry it out to the point of being. Oh God, this is just way too light in body to, to me. Right. I mean, Brian, what do you guys think?
3: Yeah, I thought I still thought the maple was was low, uh, but it's yeah, just a, a little obscured maybe by the odd woody flavors in there. Then. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I think that wood tannin is it's kind of smashing it. Uh, all right, okay. Ron. Well, hey, man, we'll let you go, but uh, do me a favor. If you brew it again or, or anything else, man, send us some beer. Oh,
4: you, you are going to get some. You're going to get the same batch redone and a lot fresher. Nice. All right. That'll be great, that. man. Looking forward
2: to it. <laughs> Sounds
1: good.
4: Right, thank you, guys. All all right. I love the show. I listen all the time. Uh, thank no,
1: you. Thanks, man. Thanks appreciate so much.
2: Yeah.
4: All right, buddy. All right,
2: bye. bye.
1: Nice. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. Nice guy. You know what else is nice? More Beer wants to change your malt game with Viking Malt. Hailing from Northern Europe, Viking Malt is a family-owned malt house since 1883 and is the largest specialty malt producer in the world. Their base malts are malted from no-lox varietals that don't contain the enzyme liponoxygenase, which leads to trans-2-nanol in beer, responsible for those stale cardboard flavors. So head over to morebeer.com and brew with ingredients from the future. Speaking of the future... <laughs> We're going to talk to you at the end of this break, at the other side of this break, because uh, you know that's the future. Anyway, we're going to have another beer, talk to another home brewer, and uh, you know, have a lot of laughs. Stay tuned.
5: Hello, fellow BNers. This is Sully from the Twenty First Amendment Brewery, located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the Twenty One A, before I was a professional brewer, I home brewed on my small four burner apartment stove in a back house in Santa Monica, California making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games.
0: Now, back to the examination.
1: Alright, thanks for sticking with us everybody. Before we get to will and we, will. and we will. Have you guys visited the Vault for Home Brewers? It's White Labs collection of specialty one-of-a-kind strains where you're able to pre-order and decide which strains are released. To homebrewers, all you have to do is visit whitelabs dot com slash the vault and place a pre order on the strain you 'd like to use once it reaches one hundred and fifty orders, which is not a lot if you think about how many homebrewers there are in the friggin country or the world rather. 150 orders is nothing. Uh, White Labs will release the yeast and ship it directly to your doorstep. And there's good news for professional brewers, too. If you want access to any vault strain for your next brew day, place a minimum order of one and a half liters through yeastman.com or by contacting a customer service representative, and you'll get access to their unique specialty strains, too.
3: I can get like 150 likes on like a cute animal picture, mm. just like that <laughs> on Facebook, man. Right. So, so this is future
2: Brian right here. Mm. Future and you're, Brian. You, we're all in the future, and Truth. ordering the stuff from the vault is kind of like even further in the future. Damn, dude.
1: Yeah, I'm blowing
2: my mind here, with this whole time thing. Better Deep
1: put, thoughts with Jack Handy. <laughs> you better put a hat on. Catch your. Mm. You guys your been brains. watching
2: Star Trek Discovery? No.
1: No, Um, (laughs) but you said that so earnestly. I felt I I love me some Star.
2: My my daughter and I are totally into Star Trek Discovery, and it's all this season two is like all time travel stuff, classic Star Trek, whatever. So it's like it's all future stuff, and further in the future.
3: Do they have dragons?
2: No, no dragons. It's not game of Star Trek. It's actual starships and shit. Shows like that. Yeah, you gotta have a dragon to watch it.
3: That's all I have time to watch like and, one and hour. Tits, of right, that's in the, the thing. Week. Game of Thrones is like yeah. tits,
1: blood, and dragons. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I've heard. Yeah. And butts. Oh well, yeah. you, you got to have a butt to sit down. Occasional dicks. Eh. You know it happens, man. Yeah, we'll get Will on the line here. You want to pop that? Uh, pop that top, bro. Sure. I mean, take your shirt off. Take your clothes oh. off.
2: Will Crack is not clothes. online. Well, there's no cameras in the studio tonight, so maybe we'll just take this shirt off. <laughs> consider me topless oh god no sorry i don't want to put that in anyone's head i apologize to all of the listeners for making you think about a middle-aged man having his shirt off
1: hey man let's try will his other number his backup number thanks man
2: what does this say ginger what was this again Ginger hibiscus uh, base is a blonde slash farmhouse. Mm
3: -hmm. This must be his initials on the cap. His cap say WHB. Oh, that's
1: cool.
2: I noticed that cap. Will,
1: are you there?
6: Hey, this is Will.
1: Hey, what's going going? on, Will? This is Jason. Hey, Jason. What's happening? Yeah, we got the two Bryans here. Uh, We just popped a fresh bottle of your beer. Uh, and Before we dive into the score sheets, how long have you been homebrewing and... Second question, is this your first time making a beer like
6: this? Uh, so, I've been uh, homebrewing since about, uh, I don't know, like 2010, but I didn't really get get uh, serious into it until uh, like 2013, 2014. Um, okay. I've brewed this a few times. I've been kind of playing around with the, the recipe a little bit, playing around with some of the yeast and kind of the level of ginger and hibiscus. Nice. All right. Well, hopefully we can provide
1: some insight. Brian Cooper, why don't you start us off here, bud? Oh,
3: yeah, man. Um, so we opened up, uh, as you heard, it had a nice hiss there. it as a uh, 30A spicer vegetable beer um, with the hibiscus and ginger being declared there. And the, the base style kind of is a, you know, you mentioned it was a blonde. And also on the label, it mentions being a farmhouse ale. So we kind of, I was kind of thinking Saison-ish uh, beer tendencies yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. And uh didn't didn't disappoint on that front. Uh in the nose I get a pleasant light white pepper phenol and a medium orangey ester uh popping out there. Um pretty low hibiscus uh and, and some ginger alongside that. Uh also low uh, the malt is kind of grainy, biscuity, um low spicy hop, uh no DMS or diastyl seems clean. Uh, and a little bit of alcohol coming out in the nose too. It's it's definitely got a little, little something going on there. So, pretty inviting aroma. Uh, Appearance wise, it's an orangey amber color beer. Uh, it has moderate haze to it, and that's fine for a, uh, for a saison farmhouse style beer. Pours a medium low white colored head. Uh, persisted only for a short while. You, you know, I uh, should kind of have a bigger, fluffier, longer lasting head on a on a farmhouse beer like this. Uh, uh, maybe made me think the carbonation might be a little low. Um, there was some, some Belgian lacing uh, on the sides of the glass, which was nice, though, and, you know, gave it two out, two out of three for appearance. Uh, flavor-wise, medium-low orangey fruitiness and a bit of that Belgian-y papyri in there. Yeah. As well as a little bit of clove. Um, the bitterness is medium-low, uh, balances is to the malt and that yeast character. Uh, has a semi-dry finish, and that oranginess lingers into the aftertaste there. And i like getting into the flavors because I realize, well, oh yeah, that ginger and that hibiscus. Uh, you know, there's there's a low ginger in there. It's not like a biting, sharp, hot ginger. You know, wow. You know, and I don't I don't really like all that much ginger in. You know, if I'm buying, getting something with ginger in a food or a beer. You know, it'd be nice to have it there, balanced with everything else, but it shouldn't take the front. It should be seat. subtle, but uh, this is really subtle. Yeah, and the hibiscus, ah, boy, yeah, you kind of have to dig for it. It's it's kind of in there in the background, supporting, but uh, low alcohol um, and uh, clean ale fermentation. You know, uh, I think it went twelve out of twenty on on the flavor. Um, Mouthfeel wise, it has a nice uh, medium light body, as a you know beer like this kind of should. It's not. Too heavy, it just goes down pretty refreshing. Uh, but there's a, a medium astringency in there, I would say, likely from that um, the phenolic kind of the bite. Not necessarily any over extraction uh, or over spicing. Um, still very creamy, smooth, uh, nice drinkable beer. Uh, it does have a faint warmth, and the carbonation seems medium low, towards towards the lower side. So you might you might want to boost that up a little bit. Overall, I thought it was just a fairly refreshing and clean beer uh, in the Saison slash farmhouse ale kind of realm. Um, Seemed like used quality ingredients, Uh, pretty muted use of the specialty ingredients, um, especially the hibiscus, I'd say. And uh, we were talking about that too, and it might also add some, you know, a nice little uh, uh, pinkish color if you boost that up a little bit, but it's just, you know, there's maybe a hint of... Kind of a salmon-esque kind of color, but it's it's pretty just amber, kind it's, of beer color, you know. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think it, it hit more orange. Also, Orangey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, could use yeah a bit more carbonation, and uh, but it seems clean as a real, real pleasant drinking beer. I gave it a thirty-two. Just I was kind of like, oh, everything's kind of there, and, but uh, you know, the, with the declared ingredients being such a big part of a beer like this, it just it wasn't kind of it wasn't hitting that very well. So um, that's where I landed on that, and it's a, okay. it's a very good beer, it's very enjoyable. All right,
1: Brian Shar, Tricky Shar, uh, Tricky? Yeah, I forget why <laughs> I gave you that nickname last last break, but uh, it's I tricky. don't
2: didn't even hear about that. Sorry, I'm I'm Tricky. All right. Uh, so the aroma, uh, Will. Before we get started, I don't think we asked before. Are you in a homebrew club?
6: Uh yeah, the Homebrewers of uh, Peoria.
2: Oh nice, you know I. I kind of respect the fact you don't have a, a, a weird beer Pontiac Ram. Here's the home <laughs> Hops, hops. Oh, damn it. All right. Oh, nice. right. Oh, never mind. Yeah. Well, all yeah, right. You, you, can't, you can't
6: respect us that much. Yeah, I still respect have respect you for all, you man. guys, so I no, definitely appreciate the shout-out for your, your
2: club. Uh, that's pretty cool. So uh, aroma, I thought the aroma was pretty harmonious and included a substantial ginger component at a medium-high level. I thought the ginger aroma was just perfect. You know, it wasn't just the ginger bomb. Because yeah. ginger's tough to do right, and so, you, you sometimes read, oh, you're getting the ginger beer, and everything about it is just like licking a, a ginger root, uh, and that's not always real pleasant to, to do. But the ginger uh, component was, not was always. great. Not no, some, always. Sometimes. sometimes. You know, if you're in the right mood, or drunk enough... Uh, not getting hibiscus really at all. Uh, not super familiar with hibiscus, but I just wasn't getting that in the aroma uh, at all. Low malt uh, got a little little bit of funk. I may have tried to talk myself into that, um, and that goes back to what was the base beer, and we'll talk about that a little little later. Uh, no uh, no off aromas. I got kind of a low citrus, almost a little bit of lemon uh, in the aroma. Uh, lemon zest or something, which was, was nice. Yeah, there's um, a lot of citrus going on. Yeah. And that was may, may be the hibiscus uh, coming out in kind of a citrus way. Give gave it 7 out of 12 for aroma. Uh, appearance, 3 out of 3. A little bit of a slight haze, which is you know, not unusual for a spice herb vegetable beer. Uh, colors golden. Uh, no hibiscus redness. Hibiscus is one of those things that it tends to be really pink or red, uh, even at low concentrations, and I was kind of surprised when this poured not to to get that. Uh, head is low and persistent, which is definitely an achievement for a spice herb vegetable because typically you add these things in. Uh, you know, One one thing is enough, but you add two hibiscus and ginger. There's often something in one of your, your spice herb vegetable uh, uh, components that will kill head, but the head was, was decent in this. Uh, I still gave it a three out of three, despite the fact it didn't quite have the little bit of a pink tint I wanted from the hibiscus. For flavor, uh, there's definitely low malt to start, uh, low ginger, um, much less ginger than the aroma promised. The ginger was kind of at a a, a low level, Hmm. Uh, and I'll be curious later on when you brewed this. I wonder if this might just be an example of it being maybe a little older. Um, No detectable hibiscus. Uh, no hop flavor, low bitterness, uh, definitely well attenuated, which I appreciated. Kind of a, a little bit of a low funk, which again, I may have talked myself into thinking about this farmhouse description. Uh, finish is long and dry, uh, gave it a 10 out of 20 for flavor. Uh, for mouthfeel, uh, body's medium, carbonation's medium, uh, medium high, uh, low warming, uh, more perky than creamy. There's a slight astringency. To this and it's kind of Brian and I were discussing this before uh before the show and I'm not quite sure that it'd be coming from but I get kind of uh I initially thought maybe that was the ginger maybe the carbonation mm. uh but I there was a, a bit of astringency to this so you get this four hmm. out of five for mouthfeel uh overall impression you know the hibiscus was declared but not really perceptible um, you know, if there's kind of a and, and just to back up, if there's a theme to this show, it's be clear how you're describing and declaring your beer right. when it's complicated and cool. I mean you spend a lot of time crafting something that has a lot of flavor components. You need to spend some time crafting how you describe it also to be sure it's judged fairly. Uh the base beer, uh, it was unclear if this was farmhouse or blonde, and frankly, there isn't a style in the 2016 guidelines called farmhouse. It's an American wild ale, mm. but that's got three different subcategories also. So I hear farmhouse, and I I start thinking uh, funk and brat and something, and it, it gives me a, a baseline that I, I, I think about for this beer, and I... As I had said earlier, I kind of smelled and tasted a little funk, but I'm not sure if I a talked myself bread. into yeah. it. A little bread. Yeah. Uh, having said that, I like this beer. You know, I think it's I, I love how well attenuated it is. Uh, I would probably drink a full pint of this. Uh, I mean, you did all the work, but it kind of the to come back to it, you, did all the work to brew this and you crafted this thing, and it's it's, it's a good beer. Uh, and you need to, and, and not just speaking to you, but to the listeners in general. Spend the time to craft the description that you do to craft the beer. That's a T-shirt. But well done. Well done. I gave it uh, overall 30 out of 50.
1: 30 out of 50. All right. I don't normally, you know, give scores because, you know, let's be honest, I'm, I'm really amazing at it anyway. But I would give it a 35 because I like the ginger. I think the hibiscus is there. Um, I've been drinking for some reason a lot of hibiscus tea lately, um, and then you can kind of see it even just in the foam on the top. There is a slight, really light pink color, um, kind of on the edges of it. You know, so maybe the maybe it could have gotten a little bit more pink, and you could probably do a little with a little bit more hibiscus. But maybe I get it because I literally have had like four cups of it today, <laughs> so I kind of I kind of get it. But uh, Will, do you uh, have any questions for the guys? You want to address anything that they said? You want to fight? either one of the Brian's or both of them?
6: Uh, no, no I'd, I'd rather drink a beer with them. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. uh, but Sounds good I, to I me. Guess, I guess one thought is, uh, is uh, I, I am a little unsure for this beer what to kind of describe the base style as. It, you know, I, what, Colloquially, when I'm kind of talking to people, I kind of say it's more of like a farmhouse kind of thing. Uh, I brew it with, uh, or I ferment it with uh, the Horn and east which is kind of a you know a norwegian farmhouse east yeah Mm -hmm. uh so it doesn't i don't i've started kind of uh nhc i put it in the base style as a kind of a blond ale uh just because you know you're not quite going to get all the all the right belgian kind of characteristics to it you know maybe not so much with the banana
1: i wouldn't have known Um, that that this was had a a, a different yeast or was just a blonde base i thought it was a saison you have the ginger for sure adding some of that Mm -hmm. spicy pepperness but like cooper was saying you get some pepper you get some clove I, i you know and maybe there's a like a tartness i think isn't that yeast that quebec yeast have kind of like a tart thing to it or is that yeah,
6: I I kinda get like a kind of like a dryness, like a kind of like a dry pithiness to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, um,
1: yeah. So maybe that's you know, maybe that's it, but you know, I can confuse that with Brett. So uh, to me I yeah. would I would think this is a like a Brett say something. I actually I would yeah, I would good. maybe even throw some Brett in there a because lot of Saison character. Yeah. I think he can get away with calling it a Saison, right, yeah. Brian?
3: Yeah, yeah. I think
1: so.
2: I, I I would agree, and that's the the Quebec. You know, I was kind of just taking a quick look at like twenty eight C Wild Specialty, and here's I, I like this beer, and I I I feel your pain in trying to characterize this because you're not going to be able to go up against like the uh, uh, the hardcore sours and compete, and it's not funky mm-hmm. enough to be a Brett. There's low funk, yeah, but it does provide some interesting character. So something like if you call it like a 28C wild specialty, you're always going to lose to the ones that are like super funky or sour or something like that. Uh, if you if you say saison, a saison can be a little funky. Uh, but it's not doesn't have to be. Uh, and I I yeah, I think if you call the base a saison uh, you're probably going to do a lot better in competition than – because Blonde gives you the impression, American Blonde, it's going to be like essentially <laughs> a lager brewed with ale yeast, uh, a very low flavor, kind of very light, uh, uh, you know, 5%, uh, two, you know, all two-row type of beer. There's nothing wrong with that beer, but that's not what you made. Right.
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so mm-hmm. that,
2: but this is – you know, I, I definitely hear where you're coming from. Where do, where do you get this Norwegian yeast
6: uh, Omega Labs up in uh, Chicago. Okay, um, there's so many more yeast suppliers now. From, uh, uh, what was it like the New York uh, Yeast re- Repository or something like that? Oh yeah. wow, yeah, that sounds cool. Sounds boring, but yeah, it sounds pretty I mean, cool uh,
1: <laughs> same time. Yeah, yeah. We went toward the uh, <laughs> the uh, Yeast Museum
6: or whatever. I don't. Yeah. Know.
1: That's pretty cool. Yeah. You want to uh, give us your recipe, Will? While we got you still.
6: Yeah, yeah. So um so I start off it's uh it's about eighty percent pale ale malt, uh from Brees, uh and uh fifteen percent wheat and uh five percent uh a Munich uh ten Loveabond. Um and then uh kinda of mash it one fifty two I do uh single vessel brew in a bag. Uh, for about an hour. And um, in terms of water, uh, I aim for uh, something around like 100 calcium, 147 sodium or sulfate, and 100 uh, uh, chloride, and somewhere in like the 5.3 mash pH. Um, do you build your water? Hot, from... I do... Sorry, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Sorry?
2: Do, do, do you build your water from uh, RO or distilled?
6: Uh yeah, distilled uh, water around here is like 600 ppm mm-hmm. hardness, and uh, there's yeah. just nothing, no, nothing sorry, you can really to do inter- with it.
2: Sorry to interrupt you. I'm just I I oh, got to give you a lot of respect for that because a lot of times people build their water from distilled or RO, and it's like licking a rock. You know, they just go way too crazy with the minerals. You have your minerals. I would never have suspected you. You built this up from from scratch. So well, well done. Your water uh, okay. modification is is perfect.
6: Great, I'm 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 doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing a lot of things right, man. Uh,
2: all right, what about your hops?
6: Uh, so I, I do uh, about half an ounce of uh, Apollo at uh, 30 minutes. Uh, it's usually like 17 or 18 percent alpha acid. Uh, an ounce of Meridian and Amarillo at five minutes with, uh, an ounce of hibiscus and ginger. Uh, and then I do an ounce of hibiscus, half an ounce of ginger, an ounce of Meridian and ounce of Amarillo in the dry hop. Mm -hmm. And then I, uh, I, I usually get her, uh, I think I got about 1.065. For my uh, starting gravity, I think that's around seventy-five or seventy-six percent. Yeah. Uh, efficiency in Hornendale uh, Quebec to ferment out, and it ends up around uh, I think one point oh one four. So about okay. six and a quarter or six and a half percent.
1: That's not bad. That's not bad at
6: all. Uh, when
1: did you When did you brew this beer?
6: Uh, I brewed it uh, February
2: twenty eighth.
6: Okay. So it's 20, 20,
2: 2019. It's pretty, pretty new. Pretty fresh? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah it's okay. 2019. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. I don't know why I asked that. I think it's, um, uh, I don't know, the, the the ginger, I guess I would like to be snappier. Um, but I wonder oh, yeah. if you, like, make a tincture or, or make some sort of concentrate with the hibiscus, too, because you're going to pull some tannins out of there. I know when I make my stupid, retarded hibiscus tea, if I go an hour, it's too long. But if I do 45 minutes, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty good. So. Yeah,
2: tell, tell us about your, your those hibiscus and ginger ingredients and how you get those. Do, do you grate from the root? Do you cut down flowers? What, what do you do?
6: So, so for the ginger, I just uh, skin it and do slices, thin slices, and I've kind of for this I've kind of split it between the boil and a uh, kind of a, a dry hop. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I don't know that that's kind of gotten me the aroma, but it's maybe not quite quite as prominent in the taste. Yeah, I would. Uh, although I, I guess I kind of cut down on the ginger for the dry hop.
1: <laughs> I would start uh, at least moving it to whirlpool instead of the boil.
6: Okay. Yeah, I, I totally no. agree for
2: flavor. No. Uh, and you might even consider trying to to grate it rather okay. than slice it because you give you more surface area in the, that 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 short time it's going to be in the whirlpool. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. The ginger, not
1: the hybrid. Yeah, <laughs> no,
2: right. The ginger because the thing is, if you're going to be in the whirlpool, you want to maximize yeah. the surface area in contact with the liquid. And if you slice it, that's great. You have a big sliced surface area, but it's not nearly as much as if you take it on a grater or a microplane. Microplane's too much. Put it on a grater. And just grate that thing. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, uh, microplane
1: might not be because you'll get kind of a paste out of it. Well, that's true. And you'll get it because you know working with ginger and you know you cut it and it's it's moist, but it's not juicy. Right? There's right. still all the, the, the water locked up in there. No, that's right. And you really have to beat. It's like sugarcane where you have to like really beat it up to yeah. break those cells open. So microplane grating might be kind of the What's way a good to go. Point. I love yeah. my microplane. Yeah. And
2: thing is amazing. Um. All right, Will. Anything else? Oh, the hibiscus. Let's talk
6: about how how'd you get your hibiscus in? Uh, so I, I I just got it dried. It's uh, yeah. like whole flowers from uh, Amazon, and then right. I'm split between uh, five five minutes before uh, flame out and in the dry house. Um, I've been I don't know. I've been kind of struggling with this one because I've noticed if I if I do more hibiscus, I get kind of a a tart character, which mm-hmm. which people doesn't always come, come across as pleasant. Sorry. Yeah, it's hibiscus, I
2: think, is a real tricky ingredient, um, and it, yep. I think there's a, a, a really small window between... I'm not getting a lot of it, and oh, God, there's way too much. Yeah, um,
1: Yeah, hibiscus can mm-hmm. be tart, which is why I, you know, uh, uh, for my tea, I, I went down 15 minutes, and I don't get a lot of that tartness, so... I don't know okay. if that helps you, but so it, it yeah. definitely does so happen. Earlier, really.
3: earlier batches had a lot more of that in there, I'm and, guessing.
2: Yeah. And, and frankly, you know, this is potentially yeah. some advice, too, is just brew it, and brew it the way you like it, and depending on how much hibiscus comes out, just say declare that as an ingredient or don't, right? If you get, like, a little bit of it, just, you know, call it a ginger uh, beer, and if you get more hibiscus or it comes out more pink, call it ginger hibiscus. It doesn't change the beer, it just kind of changes the descriptor. You got
6: oh, that will? Yeah. Yeah. And and right. I guess uh I guess one last question, uh, any thoughts on the, on the water chemistry? Too much, uh, too much on the mouthfeel, or I think it's fine. I, I Didn't don't know. even,
2: didn't even tell. I mean, your water chemistry yeah. is perfect. Usually, if if it's if your water chemistry is is jacked up, uh, usually it's like I said, it's like licking a rock. You know, it comes across just. So many people way over adjust their water, and it's just such a, a off putting, minerally rock licking exercise. And your water, your I did not detect anything wrong with your water at all. It came out great. What do you think, Brian? Yeah,
3: yeah, it seemed to be clean. It didn't have any any harsh like minerally character to it. Just yeah, just worked for the beer.
1: Yeah. All right, well, if that's it, man, we'll let you split. I know it's getting late. All right, thanks guys. Cool.
2: Thanks man. thanks, man. Thanks, uh, man. You too. You nice talking to you.
1: I like that beer. Speaking of water chemistry, you guys, the Smart Brew Water Testing Kit incorporates a revolutionary photometer system, which is the first and only one on the market with its own app. For home or commercial use, it always takes great water to make great beer. It's the only meter on the market that runs with uh, water tests with no math needed on your part. You can email the results to anybody you want, whoever you want to do it. You can email it to... uh, to your, your ex governor, Yeah, to your ex-wife, to your, uh, <laughs> to your ex-husband even, to whatever you want to do. Your ex-wife's boyfriend, whatever. Who cares? Maybe the, he brews. I don't mm, know. Maybe. the He has the ability to test it for over 40 different water quality tests. Four come preloaded. More are available. You can test for stuff like total alkalinity, which I don't even know what that means. Chloride. Again, I'm stupid. I don't mm. know. Calcium hardness, pH, sulfate, and more. With only four <laughs> mils of water needed for each test, go to smartbrewkit.com. Enter code TBN one zero uh which i can only uh, uh, ascertain stands for uh today be no na- noon I, I don't know i'm trying i'm trying i don't know why anyway you total save 10 bucks total, on either uh, the standard sounds. or activated smart brew testing kit brian Shar, don't you ever interrupt my live read again you understand me yes sir <laughs> all right Smartbrewkit.com. tbn one zero save 10 bucks on uh you know some cool water testing stuff man that's stuff I never got into, but maybe you did, because you're probably, I'm just going to take a gamble, whoever's listening, smarter than me. All right, we're going to take a quick break. we we'll gonna be right back. We're going to give away a grog tag, uh, gift certificate, and that's kind of it. So hang on.
0: Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than 5 Star Chemicals. 5 Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And 5 Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, 5 Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers and more. 5 Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses and valves. And 5 Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem you need the five star solution visit five starchemicals.com or call 800-782-7019 800-782-7019 and get the five star treatment today
5: i'm sorry to tell you this but we're gonna have to pour you out
0: back to dr homebrew
1: All right, everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging on, everybody. We're going to uh, give away a $40 gift certificate to grogtag.com. Check it out. If you want custom labels, custom coasters, look, I'm probably not supposed to say this, and I think I've talked about it before, but uh, if you're listening live, for whatever reason, um, this Friday, they're going live with custom six-pack carriers. What? What? Yeah, it's pretty cool. So check them out. Follow them on grogtag.com on uh on Instagram, which is just grog tag, of course. Uh, and you can see the release and they got some photos and, and a video coming up, but you know, basically they're labels and you get you get a label and a, a blank um, six pack carrier. But nice. they're the same templates and you just, you know, you apply it so you can carry around your uh, your your custom labeled home brews in your custom labeled Friggin' six pack carrier, dude. And it's reusable because, wow. you know, it's six pack carrier.
3: They're sturdy, right? That's mind blowing there. That's yeah. pretty cool, right? That's big time.
1: Yeah, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be good. Um, all right, Brian, who wins the Grog Tag $40 gift certificate, please? Um,
3: I will tell you uh, it's Will.
1: Will. All right. Good job, Will. Nice work Least for having the uh, second best tasting beer on the show.
3: Nice try, Ron. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Ron, nice try. Maybe you can suck a little bit more next time, dude, huh? <laughs> huh? Ron? None of the beers sucked. No, I know. I'm just kidding. They were, up.
3: They were pretty damn tasty.
1: They really were, actually. I'm I'm pretty stoked about A lot about of them. different
3: flavors going on today.
1: All right. Did we hit all our things? We got uh, I dip. Mm. We got 2 and A already happened. Yeah, we got everybody. All right. If you're listening live, we're going to be uh, taking a quick break here for about, eh, I don't know, five minutes, maybe, if we can squeeze through. We're going to have... Another homebrew on with the cream ale. And then we're going to do a commercial calibration of, of Guinness extra stout, or is it just the draft, draft stout? The draft yeah. stout in the cans, baby. I'm excited about that. Guinness is like, top three beers for me, so Have I can't for wait for that. Have you ever had it in the can? Uh, yeah, sure, man. Why not? Hey, it's 2019, <laughs> Brian. You know what I mean? Pick a, pick a delivery device. I've mm. had it. I don't know. Anyway, everybody, <laughs> thanks a lot for tuning in to Dr. Homebrew, and until next time, we'll see you.